it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not getting ready to suspend the federal gas tax. Every economist says, dude, don't do it. Barack Obama called it a gimmick, but Joe Biden getting ready to throw a Hail Mary to the wrong team. We have a president that is clearly not all there. We will discuss it in this hour, big hour on the show. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott is going to join us, as well as Leo Terrell, Leo 2.0. And the guys from Duck Dynasty are going to be here because that's how we roll. Fox Across America is an all skate. Do you remember the old days at the roller rink? And they'd be like, all right, this is for the couples, and this is for the boys, this is for the girls. And then they'd have, like, an all-skate. Everybody's welcome. Everything's an all-skate these days. You couldn't take time to have a lap for the boys, a lap for the girls. Then you have to have a lap for the theys and the thems and the cisgender non-binary in between. What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know. So for that reason, we will all-skate at 888-788-9910, the rule on this show. It is the same rule every day. I say it to the point of exhaustion. I say it in conversation. If you meet me in the street, I say this every day. People are like, hey, Jimmy, politics, you know the thing. I say it every day, man. You could be a Republican on this show. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a <laughs> That is all. It's all I ever ask, man. I was just on the Faulkner Focus with the great Harris Faulkner, and I did run into the Duck Dynasty guys in the hallway. And I was like, yeah, come do the radio show. They're like, we're coming by. That's how this show works. I used to drive a taxi in New York City. You never know who's going to get in. The doors are just going to swing open, and they're going to start talking about stuff. So you'll get a little Tim Scott, a guy who could very well be your next president in the year 2024. You know, you don't know. Okay, Leo Terrell, Leo 2.0, he's a big Trump guy. And, of course, you know, anybody who wants to call, text, tweet, carrier pigeon, whatever you're into. Uh, One heads up before we dive in on this gas tax thing, because the champ, I'm worked up. Can you tell? I'm caffeinated. I'm a married man. I don't get out of the house much. You know, you throw the champ a little coffee, a couple of, couple of coats of TV makeup. I'm feeling good right now. Uh, but if you happen to be listening on KRMS News Talk, 1150 AM, 975 FM, 1033 FM, uh, out in the Lake of the Ozarks, we are on for August 19th. Uh, I'm going to be at the Encore at the Lake of the Ozarks. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com, theencoregrill.com. Okay, buy those tickets now while you still have money because the gas prices, oh, my goodness, just going up, up, and away. Biden sucks. Here's the issue we have in this moment. Talked about this yesterday with Brian Brenberg, who is an actual economics professor. He's an economist. Okay, he is a guy who comes on the show and doesn't have a political angle when we talk. I mean, most of it's like baseball jokes about his Minnesota Twins and a couple of insults to me, and then he compliments my wife's cooking, so we rebook him. But the truth is, okay, people who know economics know that the gas tax is a gimmick, and you don't have to know economics to understand why the gas tax is a gimmick. I agree with that. I know he does. I'll play you a clip of him in one second. That's Barack Obama, who said back in 2008, problem with the gas tax is everything that's wrong with Washington. It allows politicians to create the illusion that they're doing something about the problem, 
pat themselves on the back and go home. You see, nine times out of ten, when you work in the government in this country, okay, understand, with the most powerful military in the world, with the, mo- the, with the greatest economic superpower in the world. Now, our status is diminishing greatly during the Biden administration. I'm not going to lie. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. And no one can argue with that. Okay, that's just reality. But when you are the world's greatest economic superpower, the world's greatest military power, most political jobs are no-show construction jobs. If you remember the show The Sopranos on HBO, the mafia would arrange no-show construction jobs. What that meant is every construction project had to pay like, you know, 500 guys, but there were always like 50 of them who didn't actually have to show up to work to get a paycheck. That was just a tribute to the mob. And that's most of what politics is, no-show construction job. You go to Cafe Milano in Washington, D.C., you eat a $6,500 lunch, all kinds of fancy wine. Some lobbyist cuts you a check, maybe throws you a stock tip so you can go out and get rich like Nancy Pelosi and her husband, Paul Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. Seriously, though, with all the money she's made trading stock, you'd think they could afford a designated driver for her husband. But stick with me here. Okay, most political jobs, and Biden has had a no-show construction job for 50 years, you can usually get away with doing nothing, still keep your job, and more importantly to me, the country is going to be okay. Right now, we're in a time of actual crisis. So defaulting to the gimmickry of no-show construction politics is going to exacerbate the problem. Repealing the the federal gas tax, oh, so it'll take 10 cents off a gallon in the short term. We don't even know that. Because supply and demand is what ultimately dictates the price. So if that ratio doesn't improve, you can eliminate the federal gas tax forever. The price is going to keep on going up. That's true. That is true. And that's the problem we have in this moment. Biden is resorting to the gimmickry of, oh, we'll repeal the gas tax, but it doesn't do anything to address the core issue. Barack Obama said this. this he said this as a president. Here it is. This is clip eight. We don't know that the oil companies will actually pass on the savings. So you're saving 5% in terms of the gas tax. It's not clear what would prevent the oil companies from just jagging up prices 5%. So you end up giving them more money, and we've drained the highway trust fund. Now, this is the problem with Washington. We're facing a situation where oil prices could hit $200 a barrel. Oil companies like Shell and BP just reported record profits for the quarter, and we're arguing over a gimmick to save you half a tank of gas over the course of the entire summer so that everyone in Washington can pat themselves on the back and say that they did something. Basically, what Biden, uh, what Obama is saying in that moment is, let's go, Brandon. Okay, I mean, seriously, all of you people who jokingly chant, let's go, Brandon, didn't you think at some point, you wouldn't chant it anymore. Like it'd be one of those jokes that had a shelf life. It's like the I did that stickers when the price of gas started going up. My son Lincoln was putting I did that stickers on gas pumps a year and a half ago. So when Biden gets out there and says, oh, it's Putin's price hike, it's you're alive. Yo, if we were putting those stickers on gas pumps a year and a half ago, then Putin is not the reason for the prices. He did not start this ball rolling. That's the issue. Biden declaring war on a fossil fuel industry is what crushed our energy independence and put us in a position where we were susceptible to Putin's whims. But understand what Biden promised in retaliation for Putin was, whoa, crippling economic sanctions. You don't understand. Wrong. Okay, the ruble 
just to give you an idea of how crippling these sanctions are, the Russian ruble is now worth seven times as much as the American dollar. Seven times. That's how much we've crippled them with the sanctions. Like, I wonder if Putin tells reporters it's Biden's bounce. Like, hey, our ruble was never worth this kind of dough. But ever since we got Biden's bounce, we are just singing a theme song from the Jeffersons. Oh, girl, it's a fun time at the Kremlin. And you can thank your president for it because he's a jackass. So there's Biden telling you, uh, Obama flat out telling you, the gas tax holiday is a gimmick. But here is Joe Biden yesterday walking us right through the announcement that they're going to repeal the federal gas tax. Let's start with clip one, which is him yelling at Chevron. A question on the Chevron CEO's complaint today. He said that your administration has largely criticized the oil and gas industry and at times vilified it and that the administration would need to take a change in approach in order to make progress on, on reducing energy prices and to increase supply. Do you have a reaction to that, sir? It's mildly sensitive. I didn't know they'd get their feelings hurt that quickly. Look, we need more refining capacity. This idea that they don't have oil to drill and to bring up is simply not true. You were lying your ass off. He doesn't. Okay, keeps. they'll give you chicane. We've got leases. That's not permits. We've got permits. Those aren't leases. Federal subsidies for doing so ended. Wall Street walked away from subsidizing new oil production, fracking, natural gas, stuff of that nature. Why? Because Biden declared war on the fossil fuel industry. But when he starts, oh, the rich people at the oil companies. Yo, in the old days, again, when America was doing okay and you just needed to scapegoat somebody to keep voters behind you, you could get away with this kind of chicanery. The problem Biden has is the game really changed. You know when an NFL coach wins a couple of Super Bowls, he retires, comes back 12 years later, and now they're running a zone blitz? You know, <laughs> now they're recording your email messages in John Gruden's case. You know, maybe they weren't doing that the first time around. But the point is, okay, the game changed on Joe Biden. And he campaigns, he politics in the year 2022 like it's the year 1982. Like you can just lie to everybody in the room and they have no way of means to verify what you're saying. Or they have no reason to distrust you. Okay, that's how Biden talks now. It's no different when he says, oh, you know, inflation's worse around the world. That is a fact check false. We have the worst inflation of any major industrialized nation in the world. Okay, and it started here before it started there, and it's higher here than it is there. But here's Biden again assuring people there'll be no impact to roads and construction. Now, this is a guy, every single time he has given you his word, his word has failed. Bingo. No, we're not going to leave anybody behind in Afghanistan. You know, aside from that 10,000 people at last check. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. Vaccine, vaccinated people cannot get COVID. They cannot get and spread COVID, which is why I'm forcing you to get it. You'll be fired from your job if you don't get it because vaccinated people cannot get and spread COVID. <laughs> Never mind that he famously told you as a candidate he would, wasn't in favor of the vaccine. A mandate. Never mind that in, as a candidate, he told you he didn't even like the vaccine. Let's just say there is a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. 
if and when the vaccine comes. And it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? This is politics as usual. Straight politics as usual. Who's going to take the shot when we get a vaccine? Are you going to take the shot? I'm not going to take the shot. The minute he won the election, he took the shot. Poor kids are just... You know what I'm saying? The minute he won the election, he took the shot. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Okay, and this is the problem with politics as usual. In another era, you could get away with not doing anything but pretending that you did. This time around, it doesn't work out that way. Here he is. He says there's going to be no impact of roads and construction. It's clip two. If you were to decide to go for a federal gas tax holiday, do you believe Congress would support that? And how would you feel about the fact that those funds are used for something that is a big priority for you, repair of roads and infrastructure and all of that? Is that worth the We have the a giant office? infrastructure bill we passed. Giant. $1.2 trillion, $200 billion. So you'd be it would be worth it for you to... Sure. We, it's, not like, you know, it's not like before. Look, it will have some impact. But it's not going to have an impact on major road construction and major repairs. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Okay. It will have some impact. Did you hear that? Well, it will have some impact on roads and construction. Again, every time he's given you his word. Okay, the border is not a crisis. Okay, it's a crisis, but it's seasonal. Once the weather goes down in the spring of 2021... The crisis will go away. This was the spring of 2021 when he was saying this. Not how the border's seasonal. We have broken the record for border apprehensions and illegal crossings and gotaways every single month since the spring of 2021. Do you understand? Not how the border's not a crisis. Inflation's not a crisis. It's transitory. I'm telling you, it's going to go away. Here we are with inflation at a 40-year high. What did he tell you March the 31st? Prices are going to come down now that we're releasing our strategic oil reserves, the prices are going to come down. Maybe not the first week, but they're going to come down. Ten cents, 20 cents. They're going to come down, Biden said. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. And now he's assuring you. Again, yesterday I was lying. Today I'm telling the truth. After lying every single time he's given you his word as a man, as a man, forget as a president, forget as an American. Like, let me tell you something, man. I a lot of family in the country. I, you know, I deal with a lot of people driving a cab when I, I didn't come from a lot of money. You know, I grew up kind of a law enforcement family. You're giving somebody a word. OK, it's supposed to matter. OK, if you're giving the whole country your word, I'd like to think on some level it matters, but it doesn't. And that's Joe Biden's problem as a career politician at a time when you're getting crushed. He's focused on politics, but no one is buying it because at this point they can't afford to buy anything because of his jackassery when it comes to these policies. Bought some gas at the station near me. 20 gallons at 450. I'm going to be homeless. The price is obscene. And they won't let Biden Ain't good. And she said, baby, my neighborhood. 
This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking with South Carolina Senator Tim Scott in the next break. You know Tim Scott, one of the nicest stories about him is that he flies home from Washington on the weekends and takes his 96-year-old mother to the movies. So we got to find, we got to find out if Tim Scott's a Top Gun maverick. Everybody else walks around Fox. They're like, oh, you got to see Top Gun. I got to find out if Mama Scott went to see Top Gun. She was catcalling Tom Cruise. Take it off. Maverick. <laughs> There's a lot of horny old ladies in the movie theater I was at. Me and Lincoln went to see Top Gun Maverick. There's a lot of women swooning at Tom Cruise. It's a little shirtless touch football scene on the beach. I'm not going to lie. It was hot. But right now, uh, nothing hotter <laughs> than inflation. It's on fire. It's a mess. And, you know, the problem we have, I say this so much on this show, uh, to the point of exhaustion. I feel bad, but I, you know, I care. As a guy who cares, I can't just you know, say it once and move on. There are certain points that need to be made. Right now, Joe Biden is failing liberals, too. We have to stop the hyper-partisan take on governance. Well, I know it's bad for the country, but we don't want my party to look bad, so let's just pretend it's good for the country. You know, that doesn't work. Understand, we did that with defund the police. No, I know this is insane. Why the hell would you get rid of the cops and show more empathy to the criminals? People are going to die. But we actually did that. Well, it would be bad for the party to argue against this, so let's just keep calling the cops racist. And what happened? The murder rate spiked. We're at a 35-year high in murders in this country last year. Okay? We have to stop that. You've got to be able to acknowledge Biden sucks. Now most people in the polls can. But you need to do this, even if you're a hyper-partisan Democrat, because you're paying more for gas. You're paying more for goods. You're facing a shortage of baby formula. And, oh, by the way, you probably know somebody who got poisoned and died from fentanyl because the border's wide open right now. The truth is these politicians work for us. So instead of fighting each other, there are moments where we need to fight with them instead. You've got to get mad. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a show 
That is always a celebration of our unique American privilege. And nobody knows more about that American privilege than our next guest, who is not only a superstar senator from the great state of South Carolina, but he has landed true prosperity as Trey Gowdy's personal hairstylist. Senator Tim Scott is here. Hey, man. Jimmy, I have a full-time job then. It will never go away. I'm thanking God right now that I'm going to be forever Trey Gotti's hairstylist. I have (laughs) employment forever. It will never go away. There's no term limit on Trey Gotti's hairstylist. (laughs) That's so funny because it's true. You grew up as an Emmett Smith uh, fan. He liked a lot of carries. If you're Trey Gotti's hairstylist, you're getting 35 carries a game. Absolutely. Trust me. And guess what? You always have more than 100 yards during that game because it's a long way to the finish line or to the goal line in this analogy. So good news. <laughs> Love it. Uh, really quick, because I have so much to get into and I'm so thrilled to have you back on the show. But is it true that you only agreed to come on today because you thought it was a guest host? <laughs> Jimmy, I told your produ- I just spoke with Mike. I told Mike, do not tell him. I said, <laughs> the secrets are not safe because your team is on your team. None God bless them. I'll never tell them that again. It's <laughs> too funny. Well, here's the thing, man. You know, the, with the first time you were on the show, we talked movies and you worked at a movie theater. And, and, and we, I've loved sharing your story with my listeners because you very much embody everything that's great about the American story. But as we dive into that, I do have to ask you about a very popular American movie right now. Before we get into the substance, uh, have you taken uh, your mom or, or any? of your pals to see the new Top Gun movie? Well, Jimmy, I can't lie. So the answer is no, I have not seen it once. Yes, I have seen it twice. (laughs) It is so good that every single American who believes in the American dream, if you believe in motherhood and apple pie, Top Gun is a movie for you. Bottom line is a simple one. If you want to be inspired and encouraged, if you want to understand the brilliance of America and what American exceptionalism is all about, take a look at Top Gun. Oh, it's so it's so true. Powerful. It's it's, it's worth every penny of that twenty four dollars I paid for a small popcorn. <laughs> Thank God for the South, by the way. We paid seven dollars for matinee. Come on down. Oh, you're killing it down there, Scott. Seven dollars <laughs> wouldn't have got me a bottled water at the uh, IMAX well, you know, I went to. <laughs> times are changing, but they haven't changed completely in the South, and, and only in a good way has the South changed. Thank God. But I will say, uh, Jimmy, have you seen the movie only once, or are you a brave man and you've seen? it twice too. Uh, listen to in, in the interest of full disclosure i have only seen it once um oh my goodness but but i was as fired up as you are what it took me back to is you know when you remember the original and the, and, and they do recycle the song highway to the danger zone by kenny Loggins. is it's like you know when you're watching rocky and he starts training you feel yourself shadow boxing in your seat yep. i really felt like it was 1986 and i was flying an f-14 because i loved an f-14 you know so, well, we don't want to spoil the movie, but I will say there are some appearances of airplanes and jets and fighter planes that are really important to America's history and, frankly, even an emerging conversation about America's future. So we are really excited about the movie, and we should be. There are so many good things happening around this country, and unfortunately, too little time is spent on those good things. I agree a thousand percent. And, and as a note to add, it's nice to see a plane where nobody's wearing masks. But stick with me. <laughs> good night, everybody. Stick with me. <laughs> I love it, Jimmy. <laughs> We're talking to Senator Tim Scott. So much has gone on since the last time we spoke. Obviously, you know, the one frustration I have, and we get into this a lot, is, you know, we're optimistic people. We're bullish on America. 
Okay, we're not there in our politics right now as it pertains to the Democratic Party. Do you kind of feel like they're undermining people's self-reliance with all this government dependency they're pushing right now? Well, Jimmy, the answer is they're not kind of. They are 100% undermining our whole concept of what it makes us to be an exceptional nation, which is our muscle of work cannot atrophy in this country. And unfortunately, when the government gives out $4 trillion to American families, it's part of the spark that creates the inflationary effect that reduces your spending power is government's overreaction. And that's exactly what the Biden administration has done. Listen, without any question, your spending power is down, and we, and we caused it by spending $4 trillion. That's unbelievable. $4 trillion later, and you cannot afford to put gas in the car because it's up by 100%. $5 a gallon gas is bad for truckers. It's bad for whatever they bring. It's bad for the American family. It's bad for the single mom. It's bad for the two-parent household. It's bad for business. It's bad for consumers. It's really bad. And all of that was caused before before the Putin invasion of Ukraine. We were already experiencing a 60% increase in the cost of fuel. This administration has caused pain and agony in the poorest sectors of this nation, and that is incredibly disgraceful. Oh, and I, listen, I agree a thousand percent. We're talking to Senator Tim Scott. The effort to to blame the problem, to assign blame for the problem, has been so much greater than the effort to actually solve the problem. You know, with the gas point you made earlier, you know, some people are saying it would be easier if we all just rode bicycles everywhere. They've obviously never met Joe Biden. Oh, come on. Not a solution. Uh, But stick with me, because I think the point we're both making here is that there's an indifference to the real time suffering of Americans in that we're seeing them leverage their agenda off of this suffering. Hey, we need a green vehicle. Hey, we got to switch to green energy. This is an opportunity. But I don't think anybody sees this moment we're living in as an opportunity so much as they see it as a hardship. So the question I'm going to ask you is, I guess you're not surprised that the Biden administration, obviously they're not polling well, but specifically as we get into minority groups, I mean, they've lost the minority community, the Latino community completely. Okay, and we're seeing a similar pattern in the black community. Do you think the Democrats are showing indifference to suffering, as I say? What what, what would you characterize this as? Well, either indifference or confusion both lead to the same conclusion. Mm -hmm. A drop, a precipitous drop in support from minority communities for the Democratic principles and for the party itself. When you think about the three top issues that voters are going to consider in in November, number one is the economy, number two, inflation, number three, gas prices. Over 80% 80 of American voters have the same position on those three topics. They think the Democrats are the problem. We need to make sure that they understand that we are the solution, not just that the Democrats are the problem. We need to remind them of the good old days from 2016 to 2020, when you could buy gas for under $2 a gallon, when inflation was around 2%, and when your earning power was going up, and it was going up fastest for the bottom 25%. Because when you believe in the American dream, you create policies that reinforce that that dream is available in every single zip code in our country. And the Democrats have lost that. 
and we need to not capitalize on it, but we need to make sure that we expose the truth in every single zip code in America. Gosh, it's so true. You know, and, and when you're, you know, gravitating around the 4th of July, you know, one of the whole points of this country was just to get the government out of everybody's life. And I yes. just feel like we're just being so overwhelmed by government. And, you know, one of the key points, one of the, you know, key battlefronts politically in Washington right now is obviously Roe versus Wade. And, you know, the, the lie being told here again and again and again is that if, you know, the repeal of Roe versus Wade constitutes the death of democracy, but in fact, it's actually the beginning of democracy because if it returns to the states, everybody has an individual vote, but they're not really framing the conversation that way. They're framing it from this place of extremes. And I, like the rest of the country, was so blown away in that, you know, discussion you were having on Capitol Hill where you had to remind uh, everybody in the room that you come from the very circumstances that the Democrats are encouraging to give up on a pregnancy under. Well, Jimmy, anytime you hear the Secretary of the Treasury suggest that poor women, particularly women of color, should abort the baby so that the labor force participation rate increases, we should all stop, look at the screen, and ask ourselves, did we mistake mistake what we just heard. Did we mistakenly assume that she said exactly what she said, but when she doubles down on what she says, we should take her at her word, and we should be outraged that somehow, some way, 60 million fewer Americans is good for our economy. Yeah. How we come to that conclusion, I'll never know. But that we are so calloused, and frankly, from my perspective, so disrespectful to women living in poverty to suggest that the only way up is out of a pregnancy that to me is is cold-hearted and as a kid who grew up in a single-parent household with a mother who believed that if she could she should not depend on the government but depend on her own work ethic i am the beneficiary of that and i am so thankful so thankful that she and millions and millions of other mamas continue to make the decision for life Listen, it's so true, man, and I agree with you a thousand percent, and I'm just – I'm blown away because, you know, my story doesn't rival yours in any way. But I am a guy, you know, who's kind of making a career in media, and I was a former New York City cab driver for a long time, which is not the conventional path to a nationally syndicated talk show. But, you know, you have to get creative with your job options after your third time driving onto the sidewalk. You know what I'm saying? you got to get resourceful. I kid. Absolutely. (laughs) you got to come up with some moves. But – like I am so blown away by the level of defeatism that we're being yes. sold because like if you go back to the Barack Obama presidency and we certainly had our policy disagreements but to his credit he was running on a slogan of yes we can and I think in the modern Democratic Party if he showed up with a yes we can they would tell him to like shut up and check his privilege like who, who is this guy selling empowerment because they're they're not a party of empowerment and aren't you kind of blown away by the fact that they're almost dem- moralizing voters with this approach? Well, the good, the, the, there's good news and bad news and all bad news, right? The bad news and bad news is it's bad. And frankly, you think about what the Democrats seem to be selling, especially to the poorest uh, Americans, is this sense of victimhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 that's the bad news. The, the good news is there is a better way. Mm-hmm. 
And frankly, we have lived long enough. If you were alive in 2016 through 2020, you've experienced the lowest unemployment rates for African Americans in the history of the country. You've experienced the lowest poverty rate in the history of the country. You've experienced a 70-year low in unemployment for women. You've experienced the lowest unemployment rate for Hispanics. You've experienced opportunity zones that brought private sector, not government money, but private sector dollars back into the poor zip codes in America. And you've also experienced wages growing faster at the bottom than at the top. You've experienced this sense of empowerment that suggests that you are the captain of, captain of your ship, that you determine your destination. You've experienced good news. You've also experienced American exceptionalism. And whether you're driving a cab in New York City, like the big man himself, Jimmy, or whether you're just little Tim in the deep south, running a football on the football field in high school and singing the song of Rocky Three, You can hear it, the eye of the tiger. But at the end of the day, we want Americans to be hopeful, yep. hopeful about their work paying off, not about someone giving you something that you haven't earned, but whatever you do earn, you get to keep. Because in America, we believe in the individual. In America, we believe in a free market system that releases and frees and exposes your greatness to the marketplace. That's the beauty of America. You drive a cab one day, and you become a nationally syndicated big dog like Jimmy. Or if if your fortune is not that good, you wind up in the United States Senate like I did. But either way, either way, you get to live your dream because this is America. Top Gun tells us dreams come true. Listen, I gave you an amen. The whole choir gave you an amen. The last question, you'll get asked it a million times, but brace yourself. There's so much talk about Trump and DeSantis, but I keep telling people there's a third candidate who could take this thing. My question to you is, do you think Kanye will get in? You know, I got to tell you, Kanye West is a one-time candidate. I think he might try it again. The truth is that whether it's his sneakers or his music, people are attracted to Kanye West. Yep. Don't sleep on Yeezy 2024. That's the official remark. I will take it. Don't sleep on Yeezy 2024. I love it. Everything you told me today tells me that you're going to have a heck of a 4th of July party. You sound like a good guy to hang out with on the 4th of July. Is that true? Yes, sir. We always celebrate America, and we celebrate independence, and today we celebrate Jimmy. Hey, I'll take it. All right. Rock and roll, Tim Scott. Great hang. Uh, I hope you get some royalties for that Top Gun recommendation. <laughs> that was a strong sell. I'll talk well, to I can't. The... By the way, we can't get any royalties. Oh, that's true. No All right. Well, in that case, if I could just get a free popcorn. To a nonprofit. Well, I'll take the free popcorn if it's coming. You're the man. I'll, I'll yes, see sir. you soon. Thank you, man. There he Come. goes. The legendary South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. There we go back after this. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hosting the pants off of the best radio show on the planet. Who you got? I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. I know it sounds arrogant, but the truth is, this is the best radio show on the planet because we have like a million hosts. I'm not the star. We are. We took a bunch of regular folk, gave them access to this massive multimedia platform, and we're kind of taking over the world with help from fine Americans like our next guest, who was up in Burlington, Vermont last week, and she's still willing to talk to Mikey, my producer, is on the line from Burlington. Yo, girl. 
Hi. Hi, Jimmy. I, listen, How are you? Good. I just want to thank you for continuing your support yeah. of the show after what went on at the Spank Puppy. <laughs> yeah. It was a good night. We had a ball. Um, so big fan of yours. I have to say, I'm a huge fan of Lincoln, too. Your oh! Son. I, I, I can't I tell love, him that. I, he'll I ask love stories. when he's on. He's going to be on Friday. He's going to be on this Friday. But I never pass along the compliments because he'll start charging me more to come on the show. <laughs> He's, he's great. Oh, he's um, but I, I have to tell you, I'm a big fan of your last guest, Ooh, um, Tim Scott. Tim Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to mention that. Um, so I, I'm white. My husband's black. Um, we have a child who is biracial together. And mm-hmm. we have um, our youngest son we adopted from mm-hmm. foster care. So we're quite a blended family. But I've always held up. Tim Scott as a role model to them because <clears throat> of his um, can-do attitude, like you yes. were just talking about, mm-hmm. and and we kind we raised our children that way to to say like everybody has struggles, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have to be resilient, you rise above, and one of the my criticisms of like the critical race theory is that it, it kind of perpetuates a victimhood. And yeah. I feel like it, it's not, it yes, means, we can. It's no, we can't. Right. Right. Um, my younger son who's white <clears throat> in school was, was kind of being, there were some students that were, um, you know, kind of harassing him and saying, you know, you have white privilege. And, and he came home from school one day and he was like, mom, my dad is black. My brother's black. Half my family's black. It's insane. And insane. It, he was just feeling so bad. Listen, I'm, I'm just jumping everything. in because it's it's ridiculous. I agree. We're just coming up against the commercial break. But I think you're spot on, Pat, with your analysis, which is why Tim Scott is the man. And you're not so bad yourself, girlfriend. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Fired up. We got a big hour. The, The crew from Duck Dynasty, of all people. Are coming by. We ran into each other in the hallway a little while ago in Fox News headquarters. I was like, hey, man, you want to do some radio? And they said yes. So we're doing it. It's just a thing. This is how my show works. I am a former New York City cab driver. You never know when the door's going to fly open or who's going to get in. Uh, in this case, Duck Dynasty. Uh, Leo Terrell, Leo 2.0, will be here as well. We just wrapped up with Tim Scott a short while ago. But, of course, your fine self, always welcome at 888-788-9910. Uh, 888-788-9910. Really quickly, we got some more calls to get back to, and I'm going to get to them right away. But I got to get a little bit of a almost like a veritable state of the union here off the top. Um, Yesterday, we had day four of the January 6th committee in Washington. And it really is what Molly Hemingway described on this show as a a show trial. For all intents and purposes, this is the first committee, first congressional committee in the history of this country that didn't allow the minority party in Congress to appoint members of the panel or to cross-examine witnesses. What that means is in a normal trial, okay, you've got the prosecution makes a case. You've got the defense that rebuts the prosecution's case. In this instance, it's just the prosecution. 
okay, this isn't real justice. This is cartoon stuff. This is Banana Republic stuff. And again, I'm not saying that as a means of exonerating what went on at the Capitol. It was garbage. We all agree. What we don't agree on is what they've tried to repurpose it as, which is a white supremacist attempt to overthrow the government. Yo, they didn't show up to overthrow the government. It was the end of Animal House. The fraternity had been banned. There was no more Delta. (laughs) They took the bar. They took the whole bar. That's what it was, and they went in and upset the apple cart, and it's not good. I don't condone it. It was bad. But they're trying to turn it into something else, including what I'm now being told by MSNBC with a straight face is parallel to the rise of Hitler. The media is a bunch of losers. Listen to this clip really quick. I want to get back to your calls, but I just want, you know, the table needs to be set in this hour because there's a lot of madness. You know, I always say, like, the world's on fire. But we're roasting some radio marshmallows. Well, get out of stick, kids, because this one's stupid. I mean, wow. Happens a lot on this show. You'll hear me talking about stuff. But this is next level stupid. And one of the reasons we got here is because the January 6th committee, it's not raining. Nobody's watching. Okay, 20 million people watched the first day. That audience fell by half the second day, fell by half the third day, which leaves us where we are now, which they don't even tell you the ratings. When you ask them to read the numbers, they just make a sound. They go. So that's where we are. But according, and this is so fascinating, to Miles Taylor. Miles Taylor. You know who Miles Taylor was? During the Trump presidency, the New York Times ran an op-ed by someone called Anonymous. Dun, dun, da! And Anonymous was supposedly such a high-ranking official. It might have even been a Trump family member who was writing an open warning to the president that he better watch his ass because Anonymous was going to out him for all the criminal wrongdoings. This was a big heavyweight insider in the Trump administration who had the goods on your president, Donald Trump. Wrong. It turned out to be a guy named Miles Taylor, who was a 21-year-old nobody. But the New York Times ran that story as if this was a guy with the highest security clearance in the administration. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. But they're at this point again where nobody's watching their show trial. And the whole point of their show trial is a political one. They're trying to hang January 6th around the necks of every single person who has ever pulled a voting lever in favor of Republicans. They were hoping this thing would get so much coverage, so much viewership, that people would go, well, you know, gas is unaffordable. Crime's out of control. Everyone's dying of fentanyl. We don't have any baby formula. But you know what? Those chubby white people that ran up the steps of the Capitol and caught their breath, led by that guy in the Chewbacca bikini. They're a problem, so we should just overlook the gas, overlook the inflation, overlook the border crisis. Don't worry about that. Overlook the fact that the president keeps sending more money to Ukraine because, you know, Ukraine. I'm telling you right now, Zelensky, if he wants to make money, should give a TED talk on how to maintain a proper work-life balance. Because every time you open up social media, the president of Ukraine, who's in a war, is doing a different photo op with a different celebrity. Like, oh, Ben Stiller's here. Oh, Merrick Garland. Oh, this is great. Look, he's at the Grammys. This is unbelievable. Nobody has a better work-life balance. I wish I had the downtime of the wartime president in Ukraine who just keeps getting check after check after check from the American government. $40 billion. 
at a time when Americans are really getting crushed. But again, the fact that their mismanagement of the country has been so profound that nobody has any interest in relitigating January 6th, it's forcing Democrats and their allies in the media to resort to desperate attempts to make you tune in. Remember I told you two days ago, we played you that clip from The View where they were talking about Ginny Thomas leaving the hearing in handcuffs. The view was awful. But that was the promise they made. Then it was, well, criminal charges for President Trump. And Adam Schiff was asked if there was evidence. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we have it. We're just not sharing it right now. We don't want to get ahead of the process. He's just not sharing the evidence. You know, the guy who told you it was beyond circumstantial that Trump colluded with Russia. Remember this guy? All you have right now is a circumstantial case. Uh, actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I, I can tell you that the case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now. So, um, I, I mean, come on. You suck, you jackass. Yet they've paraded this jackass back onto the TV to say it again. Now, I've got proof that Trump is engaged in criminal activity. I can't show it to you. But what they can show you are Hitler comparisons. Miles Taylor, this like 25-year-old nothing, he was like third string lawnmower at the White House. The New York Times billed him as anonymous. Oh, he's got the goods on Trump. This guy is an idiot. It's clip 27. We've seen this before in democratic societies. Political intimidation leading to political violence. God forbid leading to political assassinations. You know where we've seen it? We've seen it in the Weimar Republic in Germany before yeah. the rise of Hitler. It's not hyperbole to draw those comparisons because we saw very similar behavior happening that was founded on guess what? on a big lie, on a big political lie that led to that type of violence. I worry especially about the Republicans retaking the House and the Senate in the fall and potentially the return of Donald Trump because he is going to be on a vindictiveness tour, on a revenge tour against his political opponents. We have seen it before in history. We need to be guarded against it now. That was embarrassing. Do you know how insulting that is to the victims of real Nazis? To say that, you know, Donald Trump, the guy who hosted Celebrity Apprentice, who's been a member of polite society for 50 years, no guest had been on The View more. Okay, he had hosted Saturday Night Live. He was going on Oprah all the time. He was calling into Howard Stern back when Howard was still relevant. Trump was a guy who was an ally to the mainstream American, you know, societal cloth. And then he ran for politics and they were like, oh, he's literally Hitler. That's just how white folks will do you. That's what they did. Just an about face. Wait, wait. So you guys were hanging out with Hitler the last 20 years and you didn't say anything till now? That seems odd. But they're willing to say stuff like this because they don't care about the effect they have on society. They're just trying to get people to tune in. Oh, you got to watch the hearing. It's, it's the rise of Hitler. That's, that's, that's what we're calling it now. And again, Miles Taylor is, what is his job? He's on MSNBC. You're selling white people, only white people, liberal elite white people, confirmation bias. Hey, we're better than these Trump folks. We're smarter than these conservatives. Tune in again at 8. We'll call them racists again. You'll feel better about yourself. And the, the, the fact that when this show's over, you fill up your bathtub and scream in it. Ah! That's most of MSNBC's audience. They just, ah! <laughs> it's, it's true. That's the parallel to the rise of Hitler. Yo, the rise of Hillary was killing the opposition. It was actual fashion. Like, you couldn't agree with him. If Trump was Hitler, okay, you wouldn't be criticizing him publicly. Never mind what an insult it is to the people who actually suffered under Nazism, under the Holocaust. But this is who they are. 
Okay, we're living in the death of shame. That's the problem we have in our politics right now. And they're trying to do anything they can, anything to get you to tune in. Have to, because nobody's watching. But the problem they're running into again and again and again is nobody's going to watch because we know what happened at the Capitol. Something bad happened. Okay, political violence is not acceptable. See, 90 percent of America, we knew that before the Capitol because we watched the summer of 2020. When they burnt down 13 Democrat-run cities, when they caused $2 billion worth of property damage, 42 people died during the summer of 2020. And the left-wing media told us, oh, it's fiery, but mostly peaceful. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Mostly peaceful. You know, the Titanic, it was a mostly pleasant cruise. I mean, if you were there on day four, it got a little wacky. I'm not going to lie. But it was mostly, mostly a good, pleasant cruise. I mean, those first three days, I mean, the dinner, the comedian on the boat was crushing all night long. I love the guy. He was great. Mostly, mostly pleasant cruise. I mean, you know, save that thing at the end, you know. But that's the problem. Okay, when you have people trying to shape opinion instead of, instead of you know, reporting news, when you have people using congressional hearings to shape opinion, to move the political needle rather than focusing on true issues facing the country, which is number one, January 6th is all about election integrity. Trump said the election was stolen. People believed him. People ultimately stormed the Capitol. Okay, this is no different than the 2016 election. Democrats challenged the Electoral College. They waged a major campaign in the media for the Electoral College to vote its conscience and not install Donald Trump as the president. They did all the things that Trump himself did in 2020. So it's in a lot of ways a classic exercise in projection. But the commonality here is, yeah, people in power will do anything to keep it. But bigger than that is we're in the democracy business and nobody trusts the legitimacy of the vote. Why aren't we running in and probing that instead of devoting, you know, eight hours of primetime television to a situation that we all already know the beginning, middle and end of? Trump's not being charged criminally. The DOJ doesn't need a January 6th committee to tell them whether or not they can arrest somebody. The DOJ can just do it if, in fact, they see fit, okay? But they don't see fit. He's not being charged with treasonous, seditionous insurrection, deadly white supremacists. None of that's going on. The only thing going on is that people are getting in front of a camera like Miles Taylor, who know no shame whatsoever, and telling you this is the rise of Hitler, so you better watch tomorrow. Unfortunately for them, nobody's watching tomorrow. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Trying to hold this country together. We're going to be wrapping in the next break with Jace and Jep Robertson from the Duck Dynasty family. They have a new series coming out. We just met each other in the hallways. I got to know about it. I want to know. I want to know what's going on. I'm a curious man. Uh, right now, we're going to get into some of your calls. Uh, I will step on the gas because I do mean to get to every one of you. Scotia batting leadoff in Burlington, Vermont. Yo, Scotia. Scotia. Did we lose you? Good talk, Scotia. We'll do Hello? it again. Oh, Scotia, there you are. What's happening? Yeah. Hey, you're going to have to shut that tequila train down a little earlier when you're at the Spank Puppy so you can remember to tip the waitress. Yeah, I'm just saying. Imagine that. <laughs> 
we tip we we actually tipped the waitress quite well. But what what was really funny about that is, and I, I funny that you bring that up. We went outside to take a big group photo with the staff, including the waitress. <laughs> And then when we were done, and then we were done, you know, the owner's like, "All right, good seeing you. You know, let me walk into your car. Get out of here." We waved goodbye. We got in the car, drove away, and we're like, "Hey, we didn't tip the waitress." So we actually had to make a U-turn and come back. The question now is not whether or not we tipped the waitress. It's did Mikey write his phone number on the money I sent him inside with? Do you have an answer to that? I can't answer that. I will keep. I will keep that a secret. Um, I did see you turn around and come back, and that's why I was laughing so hard when uh, <laughs> you were in the car saying, "Hey, we forgot." It's like, oh, oh yeah, you know, just another Jimmy Fowler event, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Sco- Jimmy, you, yeah. you do a great show, and oh, I'm baby. glad that you keep the humor going because we need to get younger people involved. And I feel that with a show like yours, because you're smart and snappy, like Gutfeld, that you know, there's hope for us. So keep um, it up. I really enjoyed meeting you with the puppy. I, I and, enjoyed uh, you too until you complimented Gutfeld. But fine, all good. I'm kidding. <laughs> I love you, Scotia. You're the best. We'll do it again soon, girlfriend. And thank you for calling in. Eight 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 seven eight eight nine nine one zero. Evan in Boston, Massachusetts. That's Red Sox territory. Come on, Evan. What's happening, man? How we doing, Jimmy? You know what? It's you know it's under control. We survived your neck of the woods last week, but it wasn't pretty. I didn't realize how much people drink in the Northeast. Well, what else is there to do? <laughs> Apparently not much. Wow. Um, Got to do something to distract us from the gas prices. <laughs> yeah, it would be cheaper to just put uh, booze in the car at this point, I think, because uh, we're paying strip club prices for gas. This is crazy. Uh, you made a point to Mikey off the air. Explain this to the audience. So what I don't get is how we went from a net positive in fuel to all of a sudden shutting it down and and starting this clean energy nonsense Mm -hmm. when nothing's in place for the whole country. Like if you wanted to go green, you could have stayed a net positive in fossil fuels and started building Mm -hmm. for the green. Yes. No, that's, that's the problem is they don't actually have the infrastructure or the plan, you know, to go green. Meaning we don't actually have the charging stations, all the minerals and everything comes from China. And the one question nobody ever answers is where does the actual power come from for these electric vehicles? And we know the answer. It's 90 percent coal. So the whole thing is kind of a scam. But it's one of those deals where you sell it as we're the good people. We care about the environment. Anybody who doesn't agree with us hates the environment and they're bad. And that's enough for most people to play along. But if you actually Subject this to scrutiny. There's, no, I mean, the emperor has no clothes. This is like being on a Zoom with Jeffrey <laughs> Tubin. Nobody needs to be on that. <laughs> it's nuts, though. But no, you get it, and that's the problem. Is if you were really serious about doing this, you're right. You start doing both at the same time. You don't cut production because supply and demand dictates price. You keep production where it is, but you start ramping up infrastructure. If me and you can figure this out, how come the people running the country can't? Listen, like you, I've never been considered for being the smartest person in the room. Uh-huh. So the fact that anybody says I have a good idea, you know, they're either <laughs> drunk or... <laughs> Go ahead, or what? Yeah. <laughs> Something worse? I realize I'm on radio. I can't say those words. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot what show you were calling. Yeah. It's an all skate, but uh, no, Evan, brilliant point. Well, one, one quick thing before you go, because yep. I love all the movie references. I do love the show. The longtime listener. But when Ben Dominic hosted last Friday, mm-hmm. it was like a moment in old school where Frank the Tank blacks out and has a moment of brilliance. So <laughs> finally, 
the, the Jimmy Fallon show had a moment of brilliance in a three-hour span with Ben Dominich. Oh, I got to pass that compliment on to a man because no one, yeah, no one ever confuses me with their valedictorian. But, yeah, don't get, <laughs> don't get too used to that. Man, I, I'd have to Google half the words he used. But, Evan, great call. <laughs> Screw you and the Red Sox. We'll do it again soon. Take care, brother. 888-788-9910. We're going to get into it right now with Jason Jep Robertson. Duck Family Treasure is now available on Fox Nation. We're going to talk all about it, girlfriend, when we come back right here on the big, bad, one and only, gluten-free, keto-approved Fox Across America. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And I am fired up to talk to these next two guests because we have a real history. We go back about 45 minutes. Yeah. We met in the elevator here at Fox News. Uh, (laughs) These fellas uh, are fired up to announce that Duck Family Treasure, now now streaming on foxnation.com, here to talk about it. Jason Jeff Robertson. Hey, fellas. Hey. Howdy. Thanks for uh, – We have been taking in New York. Today. You have, though? Yes. Did you do, like, full New York stuff? Like, you, you bought a fake Rolex and stuff like that or no? Well, Jeff ordered a hot dog, which – and he's famous well, I, for it, having some uh, – I thought know. it was really good. Well, now, I went last night to Jean George. Now, that place is real good. Now, that's fancy. But you better bring your wallet. Ooh, <laughs> they're proud of it. <laughs> you can bring it in. You won't bring it out. No, no right. they're, they're doing real things there. But the Times Square hot dog is what gets me. I was surprised that Jeff went in. He's he's famous for having stomach issues, so I thought, well, we'll see how that works out. Well, the thing about <laughs> the thing about a Times Square hot dog is you're fighting fire with fire. Like uh. your your stomach was like, oh, this dude's crazy. <laughs> your stomach probably backed down is what happened. I just had to know. No, do just... you know that if you can eat a Times Square hot dog and live, you don't actually have to get a COVID vaccine? <laughs> oh, they oh, they consider good. your immune system so strong. They're like, no, nothing can take this guy down. So I'm pumped up to have you both in here. We were talking toys when you sat down. You told me you have a He-Man collection? Yes, G.I. Joe, He-Man. Oh, so a lot of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is where it gets awkward. We might have taken some of it. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) When we were there (laughs) filming at your house. No, I'm kidding. That that He-Man and the cat is Battle Cat. Yeah. It was like my yeah. one of my OG favorite toys ever. And when I got this show, I brought in all my old toys as a way of telling like the big time politicians that I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? They yeah. come and they see the toys. They're like, all right, the Millennium Falcon's here. How serious could this be? And it makes yeah. my life a little bit easier. Well, I'll give you some inside scoop about our new show, which Let's go. I thought was embarrassing at the time. But now maybe upon this revelation, this may actually be cool. But, Jeff, he's the rookie of our bunch. We have an expert. His name is Murray Crow. He's been metal mm-hmm. detecting for 40-something years. Mm-hmm. He taught me. Well, then I got Jeff in, but he's kind of the rookie, the newbie. But most of the things Jeff found was into two categories, trash and toys. I found a lot of toys. He found a lot of toys. So so explain (laughs) this to me. You're in the woods looking for buried treasure. Yep. Okay. People bury toys or do they just forget them on like camping trips? What do you think? I think they were just left there. I think they because they were pretty surface. Okay, okay. Sea level, but they're there. But they're there, like old toys. <laughs> I, like, I found an amazing old plane that was like from the '60s. I mean, it, it was, was kind of a cool, and it was cool. And I mean, it's like Jeff. Every time I turn around, one time I don't even think this made the show, but it was one of the hardest I've ever laughed on the show. We came up, we thought we had actually found this fantastical treasure, and we mm-hmm. were excited. And Jeff came up, and he's like. Look, I found this cool bulldozer. <laughs> it was a little kid's yeah, bulldozer. Was cool. was old. This so. was the big breakthrough. 
Yeah. Uh, but I also understand. So you're in the wood. You also found Hillary Clinton's email server. Is that true? <laughs> this we? is a big break, big political break. <laughs> I don't remember. I kid. Stop it. Oh, I'm okay. talking to Jason Jet Robertson, yeah. the show, Duck Family Treasure. It's a brand new series. It's streaming right now on foxnation.com. Uh, I have questions. I All right, get give into them this. to us. Okay, because this is fascinating stuff. Hidden right. cannons filled with gold. Okay, I understand yes. that's what you're hunting for. We were. Why were they a thing? Do we know why? I think someone – we need Murray here to for, give was this, the, do you remember was it like the his- a Civil War relic or something and they stashed the gold? It was they. There was a look. A lot of the stories where we take off, uh-huh. they're what I call fantastical stories that pass down. But we went. I mean, if you're going to go treasure hunting, mm-hmm. you're going to go do this awesome adventure in yeah, the yeah. outdoors with people that you mm-hmm. know you you love and depend on. Why not go for? The whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. We went after <laughs> some legend. Legend like the Goonies. Missing. You went and found a pirate ship, like Chester Copperpot and all that. We, we actually found. We we had a moment where where there was a famous story about a steamboat had crashed uh-huh. within what two hours of where we lived. Yeah, wow. And so Murray's like, I th- I think we can find this. And <laughs> now look, did I actually believe we were going to find this? No. <laughs> <laughs> But he had the itch, as they say, and uh-huh. uh, he had actually found something really spectacular earlier in the day, and it was like, where do we go from here? Uh-huh. So he's like, I want to go try to find this steamboat. And so he has invented several items that we use on the show that go more than what a metal detector can go down. You know, a metal uh-huh. detector, people don't know this, it can only search about a foot oh, below the surface. Yeah, uh-huh. and I mean, it's these things cost like $800, $1,000, but you're only going down a foot. But what he invented, I think, goes down 100 feet. Yeah. And so he made one of them amphibious, which is kind of what the show yeah. was about. And we actually found this wrecked steamboat that was happened, what, 150 years before? Yeah, it was like 1800s. We wow. found it. Yeah. That's badass. Yeah, yeah I mean, was cool. I didn't know where we were supposed to go from there. The producers were looking around. I was like, I think we need some divers and <laughs> some <laughs> big <laughs> equipment. But we just kind of ended with, oh, here's what we found. But you actually it, found something, which is amazing, because I'm so used to watching shows where they don't find. I used to watch a show, Finding Bigfoot. They were yeah. on, like, their fifth season. They had The show should be called Not Finding Bigfoot. They never found Bigfoot. Well, exactly. But, but, I'm not sure how that yeah. <laughs> took off. I'm like, how do you get another season out of this? Well, You've never found Bigfoot. But here we are. I actually thought I found Bigfoot. And <laughs> I'll tell you a story. We have these deer cams, you know. We uh-huh. keep up with, you know, our property and what's eating, you know, the various things that we're putting out for hunting season because we believe it's kind of God's grocery store. <laughs> but my brother, Willie, our other brother, had mm-hmm. walked by mm-hmm. one of the deer cams and the way his arm were positioned when we first saw that uh-huh. i thought i actually have bigfoot but it turned out to be my brother so. well, one of my favorite comedians <laughs> mitch hedberg says fantastic you, you can't find him because he's actually blurry he is blurry because <laughs> of every video that's right <laughs> great that's mitch hedberg joke he's like you know i like escalators because they can't break they just become stairs that's you right. know, it's really funny uh yep. we're talking to jason jet robertson the new series duck family treasure streaming on fox nation uh go to foxnation.com right now make some moves when you guys are walking around as the duck dynasty badasses that you are uh, do you guys get stopped a lot? Like, what's your what's your travel game like? We actually have been stopped in between shows. We got stopped about <laughs> ten minutes ago. Did right you know, outside? That's, yeah, that's family so funny. from South Carolina. We did. Yeah. I know. As a young girl, she got all teary eyed, and I thought, I'm not sure 
what does she feel sorry for us or <laughs> <laughs> no she was really sweet Aww. but uh, look we try to do things uh especially in the young people world the teenagers because they're looking around wondering who they are and what you know yeah. what happened we uh, we've all been there but we try to do inspiring things i mean we even the show uh you know we try to make it more about heart and character yeah. and you know at the end it's about you know who you're with not necessarily what you find and yep. i think that's why the show has been successful so so far there's a lot more heart than you would think it's a good hang uh, yeah it is see it's, we pitched fox nation a show about going in the woods and finding all of your beer empties to get rich off of after you guys are done shooting would we make money on that deal well, you, you got to have some heart somewhere. <laughs> it's not the Where's the heart? It sounds like a yes. It does sound like we'd find the MDs. You do surprisingly find a lot of beer cans you out. You do, right? Oh, it is true. Jeff is an expert at finding uh, beer cans that are a foot deep because it makes you wonder <laughs> – yeah, how did how, they get down there? How did it, you digging a hole for your empty beer? You're burying your beer can? You know, they do like message in a bottle. No one ever talks about message in a beer can, but it's just, that's, I guess it's a, it's dug down. That's, that's fascinating true. stuff. All right, I'm going to give you another one because Murray turned 75 during this season of the show. He does. It's my understanding he was surprised with something called a meteorite hunt. Now, what does that constitute? You're looking for meteorite pieces in the world? You know, we were just flying by the seat of our pants on that. He's done that before, but I'm like, you actually go out and find things that rocks from outer space that have been there thousands of years. I can't tell you if we actually found one because I don't think that episode has aired. Oh, oh, yeah, you don't want to blow it. No spoilers. Well, no spoilers, but I'll just tell you this. It was uh, must-see TV. (laughs) 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 Well done. You think about it. I was a little apprehensive about it because, Uh look, how do horror movies start? Yeah. You find a rock. It's from outer space. The next thing you know, something crawls out of it, goes in your ear, and the next Uh, thing you know, you have a nightmare. That's the worst. I was a little scared about that. (laughs) It's it's another reason we all need to quit smoking so much weed in this country. There's a bug in a rock. It's going to kill us all. I mean, I'll take your word for it. (laughs) Hey, yeah, don't don't get started. Defense wins championships. Um, I'm fascinated by this, and I think what a lot of people benefit from in this day and age, for real, is escapism. Escapism. You go out to the woods. You're not doing what I'm doing right now, which is talking about politics all day or culture war BS or anything in between. I almost feel like, I mean, you guys grew up in this environment. So on some level, you're so used to it. Is it even escapism? It's almost like you're not escaping. You're just, this is your home at this point, no? Yeah, I mean, ever yeah. since I've been here, I just so, feel real anxious. And I was going to say, this I'm is a, almost your escapism, but you want to go back, right? I want to go back. I like just the horizon with woods and water and out in the outdoors. And uh, that's just. Well, when I was eating dinner last night, there was um, some people there next to us, and they were talking about, oh, Oh, I just went to Marseille. Oh, Marseille. Oh, and I went to Monte Carlo. And <laughs> I was like, man, we are just this ain't our scene. going totally different directions in life. <laughs> but uh, I, I appreciate the woods, I think, more than Marseille. Oh, yeah. I, I would agree. I um, was, my uh, escapism this morning was I was one tree in a mist of all these buildings and people, and I just went over and got next to that tree. And I thought, <laughs> whew, looks like it's me and you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> There's no place like home. I get it. Yeah. Oh, that's really funny. We're talking to Jason Jep Robertson, uh, Duck Family Treasure, streaming on Fox Nation right now. Uh, I always find that in New York, 
uh, you can find what you're looking for. Like I used to drive a taxi in New York City. Oh, if boy. you know, but you have to know where to look. That's the thing. Because every yeah. culture, everything in the world is here. Like you'd find people that hang out in the woods and stuff that might have lived yeah. in Vermont or something in between. But most people who come here wind up in the big box. You know, you wind up in Times Square or something like that. Yeah. But like, for instance, like if you wanted to see like a magic show, you get on the one train, there's a magician that'll make your wallet disappear like two minutes after you get on the train. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, always, there's always something. But I could find you anything as a cab driver. Like if you were really homesick, you wanted like seriously an alligator. If you gave me an hour, like I wouldn't have the gator, but I'd have a firm commitment to get it here within like three hours if we had the money. So next time you're here, if you're feeling, you know, you feel a little lonely, you call up your old cab driving buddy. We'll make some magic happen. I think we could. And I'm sure there's a lot of uh, treasure upstate. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. But in the city itself, that's a good Fox Nation show. We're just looking for underground vice. Like I could get get you a giraffe down on Baxter Street. I want to go frog hunting in like Central Park. (laughs) Yeah, let's do that. That would be great. There's all kinds of stuff going on in Central Park, man. You'll meet time travelers, you know, people from other dimensions. Oh, we're going there later. So uh, maybe that was the whole treasure. (laughs) You know, the irony of this is you're going to find Bigfoot. It turns out he's just in Central Park. (laughs) He's just hanging out. It's the next show. Uh, but this show, it's 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 really amazing. Like I'm excited. I, all I got to watch was the trailer, but oh, it, wow. it's so funny because it's just you two there instead of here. It's you guys and Murray. It's the same vibe. You know what I mean? You can't fake the thing you guys are. Just like me, when people meet, they know you can't fake being as dumb as I am. Like this is what I am. There's no you know dressing it up. And uh, there's a realism to the whole thing that I think everyone listening would benefit from. So how about that for a promo? I love it. I nice mean, look, I, when we started doing TV, I said. We're going to be who we are because we can rep- we can reproduce that. Yeah, <laughs> if so people true. like it, great. If not, oh well, we tried. No, but it's so true. I did the same thing with the radio. I got like, hey man, I used to drive a taxi in the city. I don't know what I'm doing. It makes my life so easy because if I have yeah. to get on and pretend I know what I'm doing, like people are going to figure it'll, it out eventually. Right. It'll never work. No, no, we're just ghost riding this bad boy. It, it was an honor <laughs> to do it. Uh, the season good. is streaming now. It is on Fox Nation, Duck Family Treasure. Episodes 1 through 5 available now. Episodes 6 through 10, they come out Sunday, June the 26th. You'll have to wait to find out about that meteor rock. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you. Must see. Must see. No, no. Well well played. Uh, You guys will always have this. Enjoy New York. Uh, get back home safe in one piece. I know how desperately you want to get out of this godforsaken town. I'm right there with you. But there they go. Jason, Jeff Robinson, two badasses. You can catch them in the woods on Fox Nation. It's Duck Family Treasure. We're back after this. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Shout out to Jason Jeff Robertson from Duck Family Treasure. Really cool dudes. Really fun off the air, too. But I can always tell where somebody from the country has had a little too much New York. (laughs) They were just like, get me out of here. See, growing up in New York, I always thought that everybody in the world wished they could live exactly where I was living. Yeah. Then I started traveling the country and people are like, New York, are you out of your mind? Why would you live there? It's so expensive. You've got nine roommates in a studio apartment. Every time you go out to the door, some wizards going potty on the sidewalk. 
It's actually true, though. It's disgusting. So believe me, there are better places to be in this country than New York City. And if you don't believe me, ask Vicky, who is calling from Sheridan, Wyoming. Yo, Vicky. Well, hello, sir. I spoke with you, you one other time yes, talking you... about Roe versus Wade. Yes, but you did. I got something I want to say, and I hope it will resonate. Mm-hmm. You know, under FDR's administration, mm-hmm. Franklin Roosevelt, yep. during the Depression, we passed in 1947 the Federal Administrative Procedures Act. And why it's important is states started adopting the same thing, Wyoming in 1966. We bypassed the functions of the legislature, the judicial, and the executive branches. We created an accumulation of power in the hands of bureaucratic agencies. Okay, they make the rules, Mm -hmm. and these same agencies are where you have to appeal them, contested cases. Rules... Uh, and regulations that govern everything, taxation, land use, oh, yeah. public health care. The L- CDC can do yeah, what it just, can do. I was just going to jump in. Look at Fauci. I mean, our country for the past two years has been run by unelected basement bureaucrats. They're it's literally, run- yeah. Since 1947, That's, that's insane. <laughs> we have and we have created agencies, but yeah. they are operated by non-elected bureaucrats. We have given that authority. I don't know how many states have it, but I will get off the phone by saying this was not without criticism before 47 when mm-hmm. the act was adopted, mm-hmm. and it's still under criticism now. It, it so people would say, "Well, you can't go back and redo 70 years." Well, if we don't, we're going to get that socialism we all thought we didn't want. Oh, man, is it so and true. That's, sir, he, your fellow told me to be brief, so I'll <laughs> get off. I hope you come here. Oh, Vicky, KROE. We're coming to Sheridan, Wyoming. It's a thing. I hope so. I got to we'll get... try and get you here. Bye-bye. All right, girlfriend. Be well. There she goes, the great Vicky in Sheridan, Wyoming. Steve down in Buford, South Carolina. That's Tim Scott territory. Steve-O. Hey, Jimmy, nice to finally meet you. I listen to you constantly Whoa. on my three-hour drive to work. Oh, man. And uh, finally finally calling in, and it's an honor to be on the same day as uh, Tim Scott was. He, he needs to get into that Oval Office as far as I'm concerned. I, yo, I agree, because the thing is, Tim Scott would force the country to have an honest conversation about race instead of the pretend one we're having now. And that's why the Democrats quietly, they're so threatened by him, by the idea of a black conservative, because if Tim Scott runs for president and tells his story, no black person would ever vote Democrat again. You can't because they're selling such a message of defeatism. And he is the ultimate symbol of empowerment. I mean, his mom was abject poverty. His grandfather was a sharecropper. He was forced out of school in third grade to pick cotton. And Tim Scott grew up to be the first black American elected to both houses of Congress. They want nothing. Oh, but nothing to do with that. So you're right. Um, Really quick, Steve-O, we're 30 seconds from a hard commercial break, but I want to make this first phone call work for you. I just want your point. You said that oil executives know Biden isn't trying to solve the problem. Is that what your take was? Yeah, yeah listen, I'm, I'm going to try in 30 seconds. Now you got so 10. The, <laughs> ah, Go ahead. He, yeah, he, he, gets into, he gets into office, signs all these orders. He, now he has to... What Steve is saying is... Let's go, Brandon! Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We got a big hour coming up for you, girlfriend. Leo Terrell, Leo 2.0, making a triumphant return to the program. We're going to have a discussion 
about the women on The View, unfortunately. I am going to have to play you a couple of clips in this hour from The View. No, God! No, God, please, no! Unfortunately, yes, it is a yes. We are going to get into it because there's a discussion being had about violent crime in this country. And it's not a very honest one. But the thing about Fox Across America is I always say it's America's family meeting. I am the deadbeat dad at the head of the radio table. And we're just talking about the issues facing the country and trying to find solutions, trying to find, oh, I don't know, maybe a way to take the problem serious without taking ourselves so seriously, have a couple of laughs, escape the political rigmarole of cancel that guy. He doesn't agree with me. We need to boycott them. You know, all that stupid stuff. This country sounds like a bunch of fat, spoiled children when it comes to politics nine times out of ten. But you po- you folks out there uh, have really helped build what we say every day is an audio safe space for cool people. Where are the cool people? I don't mean we're the Fonz. We're walking around with a pack of cigarettes under our arm. But we're cool. You know, we can disagree. We can share ideas. Nobody's going to unfriend anybody. Nobody's going to chase anybody out of a restaurant. Okay, that's just not what we do. I would not first. I would never chase anybody out of a restaurant. They're eating food. That's the thing that kills me. You know, when you read those like mafia killings where a guy's eating Italian food and they shoot him in the restaurant. Come on, man. There's nothing you could do to me. I mean, that would make me want to at least let him eat the meal. I mean, do you know who I am? I get paid in food at Fox. Sometimes I take too much. They get mad at me. Put that cookie down now. And they do. They get upset. They have the guy. He follows me around craft services. He's like, Jimmy, we saw you on the Faulkner Focus a few hours ago. You look a little chunky in that navy blue, Jimbo. We're going to need to bring in the cookie guy. We're going to have to We're gonna have to have call you up to the suites. They're going to have another talk with you about your behavior. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Oh, man. What a time to be us. Uh, but here's the quick conversation, and I'm going to get back to your calls, 888-788-9910. Okay, right now in this country, we talk a lot about inflation. We talk a lot about, you know, gas prices, baby formula shortages, and everything in between. Okay, Biden, as we speak, is announcing what we covered earlier in the show, which is a repeal of the federal gas tax. That's Use your common sense. It's weapons grade, stupid. Why? The problem facing the consumer at the pump is the price of gas. The price of gas is not dictated by the federal gas tax. It's dictated by the laws of supply and demand. Okay, if you artificially lower the price of gas, it's going to drive up the demand even more. And you're ultimately going to wind up in a situation where the prices get higher as a result because you're not flying into the storm of the real problem. So everything Biden does is dumb. I played clips yesterday. I played them today of Barack Obama saying repealing the federal gas tax is a gimmick because it doesn't address the real problem. But it's Washington being Washington and that they get on TV and go, hey, we're doing something. But at the end of the day, are they doing anything at all to help the problem? The answer would be no. But here's another issue we don't talk about enough. And I want to get into this and we'll take your calls on other political issues. But it just needs to be said because Leo Terrell's coming on and he's pretty worked up about this right now. Six major U.S. cities, six of the biggest cities in this country. Baltimore, L.A., Philadelphia, D.C., Atlanta, New York City, all on pace right now to break their 2021 levels of violent crime. All of them. Okay, according to the crime data, this is Fox News crime data. It was reviewed from the actual law enforcement agencies here in New York. New York seen a 25.8 percent increase in violent crime at this point in 2022 compared to the same time in 2021. So we're talking about homicides, rapes, assaults and robberies. That's up. 25.8%. That can't be good. But what are we talking about on The View? What are we talking about in the media? Oh, the people who stormed the Capitol. 
real violence. That's what's going on here. And I tell you this all the time. The reason I'm trying to do a show where we don't devote all of our airtime to making you hate one political side is because that always comes at the expense of progress. Liberal media spends all day trying to get you to hate Republicans. I'm going to play clips. Okay, there's a lot of conservative radio shows that do the same damn thing. Oh, these people, these people, these people. You believe these people? And trust me, I spend plenty of time criticizing liberals because they're running the country right now. But the God's honest truth is we fight each other hard than we fight the real problems. If you're yelling about the January 6th white supremacist and deadly white supremacist insurgency, okay, one person died. It was an unarmed Trump supporter who was shot in the throat, Ashley Babbitt. Do you know how many people died during the George Floyd riots of 2020? 42. $2 billion in property damage was done. Think about that. Over 100 black-owned businesses burnt down in the near north of Minneapolis. Kamala Harris tweets that you need to bail these people out. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! <laughs> so there really isn't, in terms of carnage, a comparison between the left-wing assault on this country in the summer of 2020 and the ter ter terrible things that went on at the Capitol. The Capitol was bad. I was on the air. I was like, hey, this sucks. Can't do it. But here's the view with a straight face, because, again, this is the M.O. Sell your audience full of gassy, middle-aged white women that, you know, we know better. We're morally superior. We're better than those guys. And that's what they get on the air and do every day, even if it means being wrong. You know, I play you this clip all the time because it just so encapsulates the stupidity of the view. Here is Whoopi Goldberg in her partisan fury recommending Dr. Jill Biden for Surgeon General. <laughs> I say that because Dr. Jill Biden, not a real doctor, but that didn't stop Whoopi. Dr. Jill becomes a surgeon general. His wife. Yeah. Joe Biden's wife, because she, you know, she he would do. never do it. But she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was I a doctor like, and PhD. Yeah. I could be wrong. I think she's, she's oh. a teacher, but. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner in this. <laughs> I think Dr. Jill Biden, she should be Surgeon General because she's a terrific doctor. <laughs> Not a doctor. But this is who they are. There's so much self-righteousness. And it's not it's they're not well informed. These are idiots. These, these are stupid people. They're stupid people. I mean, I've met Joy Behar. I've done comedy with Joy Behar. It's a stupid person. And, uh, you know, the thing is, they're always selling their audience this moral and intellectual superiority, but they're never combating the real issue. It's just like Biden repealing the gas price. Hey, everybody, I want you to believe I care and I know what I'm doing. So I'm going to repeal the gas tax, but the prices will go up anyway. Here's the view yelling about violence. And the real problem is right wing violence in this country. Uh, it's not the issue. They're trying to create the perception that they know what they're doing and they care, but we're talking right past the real issue. Here is Joy Behar telling you the Republicans are the party of violence. Clip 28. The Republican Party has become the party of uh, insurrection, revolt, and violence. Yeah. And they, they don't make any bones about it mm -hmm. anymore. I mean, this guy uh, should be... Uh, you didn't even see the ad, which I saw no. on CNN. Yeah. It's quite violent, and they're, they're acting like it's funny. It's not funny. You know, the, the, the Democrats have uh, the dinos, let's put it, the Democrats in name only in a way. You could say mansion and cinema in that category. Mm -hmm. You don't see us threatening their lives. The Democrats are not the, the party of violence. They have become the party of violence. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Wait, wait. You don't see the Democrats threatening their lives? A guy just got arrested at Brett Kavanaugh's house for trying to kill him. Uh, a Democratic Bernie Sanders campaign worker shot up a Republican congressional baseball practice. Oh, by the way, 
a Democratic group named Jane's Revenge is vowing to riot if Roe versus Wade gets overturned tomorrow. And oh, by the way, the Democratic protesters in the summer of 2020 caused $2 billion worth of property damage and resulted in the deaths of 42 people, you buffoon. What an idiot. I mean, just a straight buffoon. We're living in a death of shame. The Republicans are the party of violence. Yo, there's no comparison. But they self-righteously yell this stuff and people clap like, yay, we're better. Sweep it right under the rug. Do you know how much Democratic violence we've witnessed? And more importantly, again, to say the issue is, oh, it's Republicans. That's the issue, the violence in this country. Did you hear the stats I just read you? Okay, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Washington, Atlanta, New York City, they're all on pace to break their violent crime records. Okay, what do they all have in common? They're run by Democrats. I think he's got a point. I'm not saying the Democrats are the ones committing the violence. I am saying Democratic leadership is indifference to the violence being committed under their watch. And yes, I am saying Democratic protesters and advocacy groups like Antifa are actually, you know, causing real violence, attacking people, burning down colleges. If there's a conservative speaker that's going to speak, torching cities. Okay, in the summer of 2020, don't forget. Democratic activists, again, Joy Behar wants you to believe they're not the party of violence. They did so much damage to Washington, D.C. in the summer of 2020 that Trump was taken into a bunker beneath the White House by the Secret Service, who legitimately your own Secret Service didn't think the president was safe inside the White House. Why? Because the Democrats, the nonviolent party, were pelting Secret Service agents with bricks and rocks. But again, we're living in the death of shame. Nobody feels the need to be informed if they go on TV. So here's Sonny Hostin saying Republicans have mainstreamed violence. Clip 30. So that works out when you look at it uh, to about 22 percent of all Republican state legislators um, belong to far right Facebook groups. And then if you look at it on a you know, macro level, even more, it's over 60 percent. So he's not fringe. Um, and I think to your point, mm-hmm. it has become this extremist, violent party. And I think, you know, when you have something like January 6th and mm. there aren't enough consequences to that, violence is the they, people see that violence is the way forward. And um, unfortunately, I, I, I think that Republicans have brought extremism to the mainstream. Why- Can you imagine being that stupid? No. Republicans have brought that violence to the mainstream. Kamala Harris literally tweeted to bail out the violent protesters in Minneapolis who burnt down 100 black-owned businesses, torched two police stations. 42 people died in those riots. The Democrats told us it was fine. Do you understand? Like there's a war on reality, and it's so toxic to all of us. The real problem in society, it's not Republicans— Okay, yes, some of these Democratic activists are out of their mind and they're doing real damage. But the vast, vast, vast majority of the violence in these big cities is being committed by neither. If I'm going to be honest with you, it's violent criminals who aren't getting thrown in jail. And when they are, they're being let out immediately, like this horrible situation we had out in California where Gascon gave a guy probation who had a violent criminal record. He went and killed two cops. And then he was like, well, you know, under under the law, we never know how this is going to play out. And that's technically true. But a really good start would be creating a society that had more empathy for the cops than it does for the criminals. You know, if you're concerned about violence, if you're concerned about safety, 
Don't worry about political points. Worry about the good guys having our support to stop the bad guys. But you're not going to hear that on The View because it makes way too much sense. Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You happen to be listening on KRMS out in the Lake of the Ozarks. Going to be hanging out Friday night, August 19th at the Encore Grill, doing a live stand-up show. It's going to be pretty wild. Uh, you can get tickets at Ticketmaster.com, or you can go to the EncoreGrill.com and check it out. Uh, one place I am not scheduled to be yet, but you never know, is Butte, Montana. John joins us now from Butte. Yo, John. <laughs> Brother, I, look, I understand you're going to Wyoming and whatnot, mm-hmm. and, you know, being in Sheridan, do you realize how close you're going to be to Montana? I mean, oh, dude. I feel bad, you know. <laughs> I, I feel bad for Mikey because, you know, you, you keep saying about how messed up he gets. I got a challenge for you. Uh-huh. Come drink with the big boys. <laughs> he can't drink with the big boys. This is Mikey's issue, John, just so you understand. He doesn't drink the same drink twice. So he has a beer. Then he has a wine. Then he has like a, a sparkling cider. Then he has a, a martini. He's a he's a little kid. He's twenty five. He doesn't understand. He's going to learn a painful oh. lesson. Um, oh, so so yeah. he's still stuck in that situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's one. Oh yeah, he really needs to come up. He's going to send him to drink in college. You know, some some oh. people go away to detox. We're actually sending him away to get him more messed up. Yeah, I respect yeah. that. No, and it might it, we yeah. might need it. We might need that. You might actually be helping the show in the long run. So this is not me saying no. If we book a trip to Wyoming, of course we're going to hit other things in the area. So we'll 100 percent come hang out with you in Montana. That Look, does, if, you, if you if you make it to Sheridan, I'll tell you what. You give me a date as long as I'm home for it. Mm-hmm. I'll even drive my happy fat butt all the way down there to come see you because Whoa. you know, you know, it, it might be a little bit of a drive, but you know what? That ain't that big of a deal. <laughs> Hey, listen, I'm I'm flattered that anyone would drive anywhere to see me with these gas prices. <laughs> Brother, I got to tell you, man, you know, everybody keeps talking about all this stuff with, with, with this uh, federal tax cut and all uh-huh. that. Yep. They, they need to stop. They He needs to take his boot off the neck of the oil and gas industry because that tax, that 
tax cut that he's talking about, uh-huh. we're going to pay for it two to three times over later. Oh, yeah, of course. Let these let these boys do what they do best, let, or boys and girls, and he, him, her, they, whatever the <laughs> hell they want to call themselves. Let them do what they do best, drill, and you know what? It'll drop the price. Then we don't have to worry about getting – phone later in the back end <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to be somewhat nice here i see what you did there no no you played a little defense and i, I admire you for that i you showed a lot more restraint than most callers do on a program like this in this radio house of ill repute but no you make a good point oh. man and he just keeps what, what he likes to do because this is what politicians do they just don't want you to be mad at them they don't care if you're mad they don't care if your life sucks they just don't want you to blame them for it that's why he's always yelling about oil companies. He just gave a speech telling the people who own gas stations they need to lower their prices, uh, you know, out of a patriotic uh, duty to the country. But that's not really how business works, and that's not why their prices are high. It's supply and demand. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. So I'm guessing you haven't started the type of drinking yet today that you're promising to give Mikey. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I can't admit or deny either of the <laughs> such. You got a future um, in politics, John. That's a great non-answer, <laughs> brother. I am. I'm sitting in a part of Nevada right now that's kind of like the adult playground. You know, it's in the middle of the desert, and when you say the house of ill repute. Well, uh, my best to the gals at the Bunny Ranch, John. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Have fun, okay? You too, bro. <laughs> it goes the great John from Butte, Montana. It sounds like he is actually out uh, in a part of Nevada that plays home to a joint called the Bunny Ranch, where for a couple of bucks you can take home just about any type of bunny you'd like, and the bunny will hop along whatever trail you're into uh, and take very good care of your carrot, if you will. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A little nervous about this next interview because this guest is technically my boss now. He became such a big star, they gave him a part ownership in the company. Uh, You know him (laughs) as Leo 2.0. I know him as my boss, my employer. Hello, sir. How am I doing? Listen, I was horrible because if you can't write me out, I was in New York. I was at the Fox studio. I was walking around the studio. Ladies and gentlemen of the Jimmy program here, Jimmy has an office. Mm-hmm. Leo 2.0 has no office. <laughs> Jimmy has an office. I saw his name. I was going to trash it. But I was jealous, <laughs> and I'm hurt, and Fox Management, why does Jimmy have an office and Leo 2.0 doesn't have an office? And to be honest, tell the listeners that's true. And secondly, I want a one of your Six Free and Roy jackets. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm trolling you. Oh. I'm trolling you. Leo shows yeah, you up. You tell your listeners about that. Guns you blazing. Tell your about the six. Well, yeah. I will tell yeah. them the Siegfried and Roy story, but it's important to note that Fox pays you so much money. You own White Tigers. You have them at your palatial <laughs> retreat in Los Angeles, which is why you don't have an office in this building because it's my understanding that the ladies' man oh, is based win. on the West Coast. Is that not true? I can't win. Okay, you're you're better. You're better. That's Thank funny. You. A good, great comeback. Oh, Leo, you and your White Tigers. It's nice to hear your voice, my man. <laughs> 
I love it being on your program. Oh, glad, to, glad to be on. Well, I'll have you know, because we do miss each other a lot. We're like two ships passing each other in the night. Uh, on the 4th of July, okay, I'm hosting the Five. Uh, that's, you know, here in New York. But then that night, yeah. oddly enough, because of the time zones and everything in between, I'm going to be in L.A. from July 1st to July 8th. So if Leo 2.0 happens to be in town at all, well, I'll, I'll send you a text. We might want to get together, Leo. I want to tell you right now, isn't it amazing? Because I am going to New York that day. You're so full of it, Terrell. You're so full of it. You're ducking me. I'm telling you because I'm going to come back and do the Big Saturday and Big Sunday show. And I'd like to know right now on the air, can I use your office? Give me a guest (laughs) office. But I want to know, can I use the Jimmy office? Listen, yeah, and that I, is true, folks. He has an office. I don't have one. I, I, Hello, Fox. I'll, ma- I'll, ma- I'll make you a deal, okay? How about this for a deal? You can use my office 100%. Help yourself to the liquor cabinet, the Tide Pods, the bath salts, everything I do. Um, no, but you can use my office, but you have to wear one of the jackets in the wardrobe on the air. I want that six free and Roy jacket. It was fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Leo, you better tell your listeners about that one. Oh well, they that know. I, 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 they, they, they watched me on Gutfeld the other night, and I was wearing a oh, really you know, loud. You are doing. You are doing so well. Oh, and buddy. folks, the superstar. I'm talking to the superstar. He's on everything. Uh, everything now. Listen, say what you want about blackmail, but I'm it'll get you man. booked. It'll get you booked. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're talking to Leo Terrell, part owner of the Fox News Media Empire. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, my boss here on the line. Uh, let's get into this for a second because there's some things yeah. going on out in your neck of the woods I'm not happy with. Okay, Gascon is a dirtbag and he has to go. We get this guy who should be dying in prison, out on parole, kills two cops. I understand, you know, his defense of this as well. We don't know how these cases are going to play out. But wouldn't a basic start fundamentally be, why don't we start by giving the good members of society the benefit of the doubt by imprisoning the bad members of society? How did we get so far away from that? Uh, Because of George Soros, progressive Democrats, and the Republican Party, Jimmy, has abandoned California. And that's why we have Gascon. That's why we have Newsom. That's why San Francisco got so upset they got rid of their district attorney. But Gascon conducted a press conference, and for those who don't know, two officers were murdered by a, a, a felon who had a gun. And George Gascon had a press conference and lied. This guy had assaulted his girlfriend. She called his probation officer, asked of that, hey, get this guy off the street. And you know what? He should have been behind bars. He was a convicted felon. He was in possession of a gun. That's a strike. He should have been behind bars. And Gascon lied. This city is being terrorized by criminals because we have a soft on crime district attorney. And I find it offensive that he would get up there and justify the blood on his hands as a result of these two officers being murdered by a felon with a gun. It's it's insane, Leo. It's insane. Totally insane. And, 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 you know, I was happy to see, you know, the residents of San Francisco find Jesus, albeit a little bit late in the service. Uh, but it's, you know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. I don't think the Democrats realize where this is headed for them. You know, the sad reality is, though, there's so much suffering that will ensue before people out there in L.A. turn completely on Democratic leadership. You know, Newsom survived a recall that he had no business surviving. And that's my frustration. But I think the big issue here, too, is the media man, they do this so well. 
they focus on everything but the real issue. Like, there's so much airtime being given to January 6th. January 6th had one person killed. It's an unarmed Trump supporter named Ashley Babbitt. We're watching six major Democratic cities getting ready to break, you know, their murder and violent crime rates. And none of those crimes are being committed by January 6th Capitol attendees. They're being, you know, broken by criminals. But, I mean, when are we really? Because, again, I keep going crazy about this, and I think you do too. When are we going to just acknowledge as a country that this version of politics where we just blame each other for everything isn't the isn't isn't the right way to do this and just start going against who we all know to be the bad guys? When can we arrest the bad guys, Leo? That's the question. We, I'll tell you what it is, Jimmy, and here's the problem. Because you and I and Fox News can talk about these issues every day, but 90 percent of the media protect these Democrats. 580 riots. Uh, since the summer of 2020, $2 billion in damages, murdered people in these Democratic cities, officers assaulted, defund the police, Black Lives Matter, Antifa controls the Democratic Party, and it's been going on for three years. An attempt to assassinate a Supreme Court justice, crickets by Joe Biden, and the Democratic media, let's be honest. The Democratic media provides protection for the soft on crime prosecutor. And you mentioned Gavin Newsom, a man who should be recalled, a man who's going to get reelected with over 55 or 60 percent and he being groomed to run for president. Give me a break. That's the problem. The Democratic media who basically provides shade for these crooked left wing progressive Democrats. Oh, it's so true. We're talking to Leo Terrell, not only here at Fox News, but he's going to be on The View tomorrow. So uh, if anybody wants to tune in, Leo and his good pals, Joy and Whoopi. I want an office. I want you to tell me right now. I'm going to see how truthful you are because you are a truth teller. Uh Gutfield, Jimmy, and Leo, who's the funniest? Oh, I mean, neither one of you are in my class, but I'm not supposed to say that or he'll never book me again. Uh, I have to be a diplomat, but if you're, you said I'm a truth teller, so I can't back down, I got to answer the question honestly. But uh, listen, I, it would be an honor, Leo, for real. If you're in town, I'll send you a message off the air. You should use my office. It'd be hilarious. Just did, you know? No, just... I got a guest office. No, but I was, I'm proud of you because I, I gave you a guest office. As I was walking to my guest office, I saw a a placard on the wall that said the king jimmy <laughs> and i said wow the, this guy yeah, has made it the, the king, king the king is actually the king is actually hold on a second the king is actually a few doors down from me uh which is blows my mind the first time i my wife was in the building um and you know we were just moving stuff around in my office my wife was here on a saturday you know you see tucker's office you see sean hannity's office and we were like what the hell did we get ourselves into we gotta get out of here this is like this is not something this has gotten crazy you're on king's row congratulations by the way because the last last three or four months you're everywhere man yeah you're everywhere and and it's because you're great you're informative you're very very funny and i'll tell you right now uh, I just want to know, can I get a booking on your radio show in the next couple of months? Lee. Because it's hard to get on this show. It's hard. It's Lee. hard to get on this show. I really wish. You know what we should do the next time our contracts are up? You should negotiate mine and I should negotiate yours. Because I have a feeling I'd be making more money if you were my agent than my actual agents. You know what I mean? They, they, they just take me out for a martini once in a while and take all my money. But uh, if I had Leo 2.0, I mean, you know the law. I could be getting paid here is what you're telling me. 
Yeah, hey, hey, I think you get paid. I think you're doing very nicely. I'm, again, <laughs> proud to be your friend and proud to be on your radio program. Oh, Leo, you're the best. Well, here's my last question then. How proud of you in this moment of your President Joe Biden? Uh, I just saw this guy before I came on your program regarding this gas tax. Let me tell you right now, Joe Biden is incompetent, not qualified to be president. I'm going to say this without any hesitation. He's the worst president in my lifetime. That includes Carter. That includes Nixon. Nixon may have been a crook, but he – what <laughs> Joe Biden did was to do everything as directed by the progressive left. He's not in charge of this country. No. It's the progressive left. He sold his soul to become president. He did. And he – in return, it doesn't make a difference if he's a good president or a bad president. All he wanted was to chase that ring. He got it. And he is destroying this country day by day. I'm hoping for a, a, a Republican tsunami. I'm hoping that he announced that he's not going to run anyway, but he is through. And I'll tell you right now, we get a twofer because when he becomes a lame duck president, mm-hmm. the worst vice president ever becomes a lame duck <laughs> vice president. Her political career is over as well. Uh, well, you know what's funny about it is that Democratic voters tried to warn us how bad she was. You know, in the primaries, yes. she had no yes. support. I mean, and specifically right. in California, she was polling the lowest. Those are the people that know her the best. So my one yes. hope for the Biden presidency, and I want your take on this, is I'm hoping that they could actually – They could be responsible for killing identity politics, meaning we're no longer going to elect people just because we're going to return to a meritocracy, meaning we're fine with anybody in any leadership position if they know what they're doing. But this idea that we should be emphasizing their race or gender instead of their qualifications, I don't think we should ever do that again. Do you think maybe on some level Biden will have killed identity politics? I think you're spot on, Jimmy, and, and we and people listening to your show should really understand that. You have that right now as the vice president. She's totally unqualified. It was purely identif- identif- uh, identity politics, and I just tweeted out, we have the same thing right now as a press secretary. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you right now, she can't get fired because yeah. of her race and her sexual orientation. She is incompetent. I get away with saying that because I happen to be a black guy. If somebody says she can't get fired and she's not black, oh, you're a racist. Yep. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sellout. But let me tell you right now, identity politics, you see it at the press secretary level, and you see it in the second most powerful position on this planet. And you have – it's a fool's choice, Joe or her. And I'll tell you right now, I don't even want to answer that question. <laughs> That's too true. I didn't, real, I didn't realize you tweeted that about her because I have you blocked on Twitter. But uh, that's fascinating. <laughs> I'm kidding. I want a I want a sick free Roy Jimmy jacket. Leo, if you use my office, I am going to leave jackets for you. <laughs> that will shock your conscience. I, you wear, I love the way you yeah, it looks good on you. Oh, I want it. brother, man. Listen, I'm trying. You know what? I, I, can I tell you a true story that you might appreciate? Please. Uh, I I was on the road doing comedy. It's probably like uh, probably summer of 2015. And I was in Detroit and I went to the Motown Museum, Hitsville, USA. And I was studying up on Barry Gordy and how he had the uh, brilliant vision to maximize every second of his presentation, meaning Barry Gordy produced groups were some of the first ones to wear matching outfits and have, you know, aligned choreography with their songs and had a distinguishing trait about their presentation that kind of became a branding exercise going forward. So what I am in for all intents and purposes, I am a a cable news Motown artist and that I'm just dressing (laughs) loud and singing the hits. 
and it's effective. It's effective. Thanks. It's yep. effective. And I have one question with you. Mm-hmm. When you do that knock, knockout joke at Greg about his shoe size, did you worry about your next book? <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I saw it. It was hilarious. I, I could, that was creative. That was fast. It was it was funny, oh. and I just said to myself, "Did this guy just cancel his next next bookie?" <laughs> it was great. It was a great joke. It was hilarious. Greg's so a sp- you're, you're number one of those three. Well, Greg's Leo, a sp- Greg, oh. and oh, you're a, number one. It's quite an honor just to be nominated. But I, I will tell you, Greg's a good sport. You will not see me. You will not see me taking shots at Tucker tomorrow night if you happen to watch. I don't. I, 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 I will we, watch. We haven't. Me and we. Me and Tucker haven't had the what are we talk yet, where I know whether what I can get away with. You know, that's a guy who could have me. <laughs> thrown off the building so i gotta play a little defense but uh and, and folks everybody should know this jimmy's on the top shows on fox yep, he's true. on the top show but, but let's be honest again the, congratulations the, well thank you it's only because i know how to sneak past security on the set but let's not give away all my secrets <laughs> leo you're the man uh, i will see you in my thank office you, you'll have a jacket wait we'll and take care see you buddy the great Leo Terrell, there he goes uh we're gonna take a quick break we got one more call to get to after this the show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man Jimmy Fallon. If you missed me today on the Faulkner Focus with Harris Faulkner, that clip is up on the Fox Across America Facebook page. That's where I do all of my exclusive messaging with our listeners. Uh, You can hang with me there anytime. If you're not fortunate enough to make it out to one of these rowdy meet and greets like the one we had up in Vermont last week, Chad is a survivor. He's in Huntington, Vermont, and he calls us now uh, to tell us how he pulled through. Yo, Chad. Yo, Jimmy, am I your closer today? You're the the headliner. Bring us home, Chad. Man, what a setup guy, Leo Terrell. I better come in throwing gas. <laughs> so, Leo, by the way, Leo. I, all I got to say is, Jimmy, mm-hmm. to all your listeners, if you're ever in their town, you guys got to go check it out. What a scene. We come from a primarily blue state up here in Vermont, uh-huh. and what a crowd. Oh, I, I had so many conversations. By the time I got to you, I heard, mm, uh, tequila, <laughs> food, uh, gotta go. <laughs> you know, we know how it is. But, um, you know, yeah. the best thing I got to tell you, Jimmy, uh-huh. you made a good comment. Uh-huh. If you didn't get down and get any food, you're going to end up in the, uh, uh, what is it, all the uh, chips. nice bed trimmings that they lay down outside there. Yep. Back in the day, Burlington, you could actually get down and spend the night out there with the uh, with the unrulies. <laughs> I did it. I, I woke up with my, uh, still had my change in my pocket. But <laughs> if you ever get back up to this area, uh-huh. I got a challenge for you. I just oh. threw out. The red flag. Uh oh. And Vermont's known for maple syrup. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. You can get back up here during the sugaring season. I will trade in those white cowboy boots you got. Give you a nice pair of those uh, lacrosse oh. that uh, those Robertson brothers wear all the time. Oh yeah. We'll get you up here, and I'll mic roll you. I'll teach you everything about it, and you'll be a certified taste tester Whoa. by the time you leave. Whoa. I mean, here's the issue, because it sounds amazing. 
But I'm already fat on TV. I don't know that I need to be a maple syrup aficionado. I mean, I pretty much am from the looks of me, no. But uh, well, I, I'm into I, it. I think you beat yourself up a little too much. <laughs> I know. Every, everybody, I do call myself fat so much on the radio and TV that the people who meet me are actually surprised. I'm probably, I probably look thinner than I'd sound, right? It, it took me by surprise. The gut always got to get you, so, you know. <laughs> I got your back on this one. Oh, Chad, you're the man. Well, listen, I, I probably will drink the maple syrup because it's definitely safer than everything I drank at the Spank Puppy. That was a hellacious time, man. It was great. I'm, I Really, I'm glad you're part of it, and it was. It was an amazing crowd. I signed by – I took about 1,000 selfies, signed uh, probably 100 hats, signed one breast, just one. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but it was, a, it was a fun hang, Chad, and we'll do it again. But this show's over. We both got to get out. It's not you. It's me. Uh- There he goes. The legend, Chad, in Huntington, Vermont. We'll do it again. We'll take the maple syrup challenge. We'll be on tomorrow with Kennedy, Tucker Carlson, American Reports. But this show is over. Pay up. Get out. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.